Get out the insurance cards, get out the co-pays. The office is open, my friends. Brought to you by DrRoto.com. Hey guys, this is the Fantasy Debate with Sam and Tate, brought to you by DrRoto.com. Get your daily prescription of fantasy sports. This episode is brought to you by Winview Games, the nation's sports prediction leader and home for pregame and live prop contests. You can play against your league mates, you can play against your family, or you can go head-to-head and play against your annoying and obnoxious know-it-all co-host to finally settle the debate on who knows their football best. And this week, we're going to be covering the Thursday night football and going to cover the Giants and Washington football team. Go to winview.tv slash doc and get $20 match on your first deposit. Before we get into these Winview bets, we're going to cover the madness that was in week one as we look forward into brighter days ahead of week two. Derek, how the hell do we begin to unpack all the madness that was the weekend that just transpired and even that Monday night game? Well, first off, I have to go ahead and address the madness that was that opening intro. It was fire, first of all, except for the little portion where you called your, you know, co-host obnoxious and a know-it-all. I'm, I'm actually quite. Was I missing? Was I missing a word? I was missing. A, I was missing a word. I was missing an adjective. I'm sure I can find another one for next. <laughs> well, whatever it is, find it next week. Add that stuff. I almost. I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss right now, but anyway, point is, <laughs> Winview DrRoto.com new partnership. Excited to go ahead and jump into it, but I'm even more excited to go ahead and talk a little fantasy football with you. Let's go. Okay, so obviously this time last week, we were both just super hyped to, one, have football back. And two, to see how these players would stack up going into their first game of the season. There was a lot to be excited about, but I feel like there was a lot that we were terrified, worried, upset, you know, I said a few prayers in the morning on Tuesday, just like we got to hope for better things ahead. But just to name a couple, the Packers for one, what the hell? What was, what was that? What was that? And everyone in all of media is blaming the entire thing on Aaron Rodgers, which I feel like is pretty unfair considering no one showed up to play that game. Well, it's one thing if no one showed up to play, it's a whole nother thing when, he was the driving force behind a lot of the drama there in Green Bay and mm-hmm. played his hand. And I don't know if he overplayed it. I don't know if he really got what he really wanted. Or was he I too mean, Lebowski the entire training camp? I, You go ahead and decide that. I'm just going to tell you that Aaron Rodgers coming off of an MVP season got thoroughly outplayed by a team that wasn't even playing in their home stadium that's been moving all over the place because of, you know, obviously another hurricane that has, you know, left a devastating impact on New Orleans. With a new starting quarterback under center that shredded them, Jameis Winston thoroughly outplayed Aaron Rodgers. and Which isn't a sentence you would expect to say outside of like a Madden scenario. <laughs> ever. Even in Madden, like I, I expect no. Madden, even Madden to, of, of all the things that Madden 22 does wrong, you know, I expected <laughs> them to go ahead and make Jameis Winston a very, you know, pedestrian quarterback. And I understand that he's definitely had his moments where he's flashed things, but this is what I kind of was mentioning, Sam, in, in previous episodes. If 
Sean Payton was able to have a similar impact on the career of Jameis Winston, who's always had flashes of brilliance and talent and big games, but has never been able to provide the consistency in his game with the, obviously the, the ungodly amount of turnovers that he had over in Tampa Bay. But if he was able to clean it up and get into Jameis Winston's psyche and, and tap into whatever it is that made Winston great in those moments to throw for 5,000 yards, his last starting season in Tampa Bay, but dial back the turnovers and the boneheaded plays that Jameis Winston could be a high level quarterback in the national football league. And in week one of him being the starter in his offense, he sure as hell looked pretty damn good. He looked pretty damn good. He was pretty efficient. I mean, you would say five touchdowns is pretty dang good. Uh, pretty, for, pretty, pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. If you started him in any kind of, I'm guessing, a two-quarterback format as your second quarterback, you were a very happy camper. If you left him on your bench, you were probably very upset, and I feel crying, really bad. Yeah, crying. Um, crying. Just crying slow, soft giant tears into your pillow but you know it 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 happens um but we i wasn't expecting that type of performance against the packers i think that's the thing that gives me pause brings me worries but hopefully with the matchup they have coming up this week it is a huge revenge game for rogers they are home at lambeau stadium against the lions this is kind of set up for a big big rogers comeback game hopefully over 400 passing yards i'm thinking I imagine it's going to be a statement game of some yeah. sort. Um, Packers are going to be going up against the Detroit Lions team that I'm not going to, I, I don't want to say that they looked better because they had a huge comeback and, you know, garbage they, 10 points. Yes. I will say that despite them losing Jeff Okuda for the rest of the year, and then you have, you know, a new, a new head coach, a new quarterback, you know, not a lot of, stability and, and definitely not a lot of options on the outside as far as wide receivers go they fought and they battled they made that a game so they did i don't think even though on paper the green bay packers should handle their business and i think they will i mean i don't know if I, i'm just saying with how the packers looked last week i certainly would not even be overlooking the detroit lions that sounds crazy to say I, I mean, considering the performance that we saw, it's not crazy to say. I do think this becomes a huge revenge game for Rodgers, and he throws for something ridiculous in terms of yards and touchdowns. I feel like Devontae Adams has a huge bounce back as a result of that. I feel like Aaron Jones has a big game as well. Um, but I also wouldn't be surprised if we get some more garbage time points from Jared Goff and the Lions and what feels like a very strong running back by committee duo that yeah, they have they going great. there. Wow, yeah. We're, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams were fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So, um, in fact, I don't think that there was a backfield that scored more fantasy points than the Detroit Lions in week number one. And it's funny because we talked about how much the Lions are kind of have to figure it out at wide receiver this year. So we expected mm -hmm. a good healthy of number of targets for your boy TJ Hawkinson, who had a very good week, number one. But I think we potentially underestimated how much Jared Goff is going to use his running backs in the passing game. So I think that it's definitely possible if they fall behind like they did in week number one, that two fantasy backs 
could be sustainable and actually flex worthy out of the Detroit Lions backfield. That sounds nuts to say, but if they did it against the Niners defense, we'll it, see. It, it could absolutely happen. And I think that that is a really good take on it just because we were going back and forth on who's going to be the number wide receiver. I'm still really high on, I'm on Ross St. Brown. I mean, we didn't quite see it last week, but he did have four targets. So you do like that. He is getting the looks, but I was just so surprised to see the both backs have equally so much volume. I was already really high on Jamal Williams in the off season. If you caught any of our previous episodes, you would have heard that or in any of my previous articles, you would have seen that as well. I feel like he is a really good back. And I feel like with someone like Jared Goff, who likes to utilize all the assets he has around him because he's deer in the headlights trying to get the ball out of his hands. I feel like anyone's going to have potential there. And with both running backs being so good, not just competent, but they're they're good at what they do. They just needed the right things to click together. And maybe it's that new head coach. Maybe it's just the shift there and them knowing in Detroit that they're going to have to put in the work week in and week out, and it's going to be all uphill for them all season. I feel like we're going to see a really engaged offense, and that's kind of exciting for fantasy owners. It's not what I expected. Not what we expected from Lions. No, we expected them to roll over and just do nothing and all things go through TJ Hawkinson. But it looks like there's other value here. It's digging for diamonds. Sometimes you find them. So <laughs> Sometimes you find them. But another team that was a little bit is upsetting a good enough word for the Atlanta Falcons offense considering they lost 6-32 to <sighs> against the Eagles. I think upsetting would be... <laughs> that that would be a gross understatement. Um, yeah, I think that that's one word you could use. Um, Vomit-inducing would be another phrase that I would choose. I like that one. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. yeah. Vomit-inducing <laughs> is definitely uh, appropriate for anyone that drafted Calvin Ridley. You know, he had 10 points, which is not what you're hoping for in probably your number one wide receiver out the gate. Those that took Kyle Pitts as high as they did were a little underwhelmed. He did get eight targets, but on that, it was just for 31 yards. So right. you don't love that. Not a single touchdown. I mean, they just could not get it together. I am I was very high on Russell Gage. He didn't have a single catch this game. Didn't Not a single reception. Yeah. I mean, what, only two targets? Um, it's, it's the brutal. offense, I mean, we're, we're taking a look at Arthur Smith, who you know, had Derrick Henry to rely on there in Tennessee. I mean, yeah, yeah, he did help resurrect the career of Ryan Tannehill, undoubtedly, unquestionably, Mm -hmm. but this is a completely different offensive unit. And we saw Mike Davis struggle. I actually thought that Cordero Patterson looked much better than Mike Davis did in week number one. And it's also noteworthy that they brought in Wayne Gallman. Like they signed him. So, I mean, like, Okay, are they already thinking, oh, we don't know, we got Mike Davis. Like, I'm not saying hit the panic button yet for anybody that invested like a fourth-round pick, but, I mean, this offense collectively laid an egg in week number one, uh, and the only guy I trust right now is Calvin Ridley. I would still start Pitts uh, as a low-end tight end one in fantasy until they get it figured out. Eight targets for a tight end is still – Still a good amount. It's there's still volume there. Exactly. So I mean, and Pitts has got the talent. Um, I just I kind of figured 
like I mentioned, heading into the year with Kyle Pitts, there, there's just going to be peaks and valleys because mm-hmm. one, I don't think this is a very good football team. And two, Kyle Pitts is still playing the, I think the toughest position outside of quarterback to transition from college to pros in at tight end. I will just, I will raise you this question then. If you're saying he's a low end tight end to start this weekend, they are going against your bucks. And I know you're happy with how they performed last week. Mm-hmm. And that is a very stout defense. Would you rather, because I have this situation, not the exact same one, but I have Gronkowski in another tight end in another league, and I'm actually going to be starting Gronk this weekend because I think it's such a favorable matchup for him against the Falcons, who just can't seem to stop you know, anything um, from happening. So for me, I would rather start Gronk in this game over Kyle Pitts. Well, you saw Gronk who looked like the, you know, 2014 version of Rob Gronkowski and yep. picked up where he left off in the Super Bowl. I mean, I know the prior postseason games wasn't that great. He showed his moments, but I think he's got his football legs back. You know, I mean, it's... he does. I do think he comes back down, you know, to a, a regular amount of targets. Last year, he did have a game with a with two touchdowns, but then he dropped right back down to earth with much more underwhelming numbers in terms of fantasy and i think that that's going to be the case for gronk a lot this season but in this kind of a matchup i just really like him this week yeah i would i would have no problem going with gronk over over kyle pitts i would personally i would personally lean kyle pitts because of the mention the reasons we mentioned um with the falcons likely to be playing from behind the Bucks, as much as Gronk was fantastic, the Bucks have so many weapons on offense uh, that it can really be anybody's day. Um, I, I Gronk, to me, is still a nice top ten play. I have Pitts a little bit higher, and to be honest with you, I know that the Bucks have talent on the defensive side of the football. But losing Sean Murphy, Bunting doesn't help matters. They're a little thinner at corner than I would probably like to admit. Um, and it's not, Devin White isn't great in pass coverage. He's good. I think that we'll see a lot of Levante David on Kyle Pitts, but make no mistake about it. Pitts, Pitts is still a very, very talented player that should see somewhere around eight to 12 targets this week. And uh, in a game where they're probably going to be playing from behind yet again. But you do like that kind of volume and when a game that you know they're just going to be airing out the ball constantly. So if you're a Pitts owner and you don't have another tight end option, at least you have that to hang your hat on. Let's talk quickly about the Niners who nearly lost. It looked like they were trying to lose the Lions at one point this past weekend, but they did pull out the win. And they do have a matchup up against the Eagles who looked really good in their game as well. Um, they obviously we just talked about the Falcons. They beat the Falcons 32 to six and the Eagles aside, for just really quickly, they look really good. And I don't know if it was just the matchup that fared very well for them, but they look to be firing on all cylinders. I don't want to try to diminish how good the Eagles looked in week number one. Yeah. But I will go ahead and say that they're going to be tested this week against, and in particular, the Eagles offense mm-hmm. is going to be tested. Jalen Hurts is going to be tested against the San Francisco 49ers defense, who, again, the Niners have just been injury bug ridden over the last two years. They lost, um, I think it's uh, Jason Everett, 
the mm-hmm. corner. Uh, I'm not, his name's slipping my mind here, but they, they also lost Mostert for the season already. Yeah. Um, so, Whoever... I mean, point, point being, though, the, the, the Eagles and Jalen Hurts, yeah, they had a nice week one. So did Devontae Smith. But they're going to see a far greater challenge in week number two. And we'll find out pretty quickly, um, you know, if that Jalen Hurts start is a preview of things to come or if it was more so the matchup. Absolutely. So we're going to get to see what they're made of this week, but they are at home in Philadelphia. So maybe that's going to give them a slight edge. The main question on this game, though, is with Mostert out for the season, which obviously as a Mostert owner myself in many leagues is very disappointing. And I know that I did not spend nearly enough apparently on my free agent cash to try and pick up Elijah Mitchell. But which of these three backs, Trey Sermon, Elijah Mitchell, Jamichael Hasty, which of these three would you rather have in the situation? Obviously kind of leaning heavy on Mitchell just because he did have such a good performance, but Trey Sermon also showed really well in training camp. I got to wonder what in the hell happened with Trey Sermon because he was Who's a healthy sandwich. Did he eat? Healthy. Exactly. Like healthy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I have no idea what the hell happened. And I want to come up with a funny joke, but I'm drawing a blank because I'm that shocked <laughs> because Trey Sermon, they invested draft capital in them, higher draft capital than Elijah Mitchell, which is normally a sign that the team is invested in the success of Trey Sermon, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's not that he looked – I didn't think he looked poor or terrible during the preseason, at least from the reps that I got to see. I mean, things seem to be pretty positive coming out of beat reporters at training camp and stuff of that nature. So it's weird that he was a healthy scratch in the first place. And then, oy, to see Elijah Mitchell get on the football field and do that – I mean, I, I didn't expect much from the Lions defensive unit up front. No, but didn't expect that. Didn't expect that. And I think he's definitely earned himself if he if it wasn't already crystal clear with his pecking order on the depth chart. And the fact that Jermichael Hasty only saw like one carry. Elijah Mitchell is going to get first crack at this. And I so the answer for me, based on the information we have, is Elijah Mitchell. I agree. And yeah, he had 19 attempts for 104 yards and a touchdown, which to come out of left field with that stat line is, you know, there's no words for how we all feel about this. But yes, going against this matchup, I feel like we're all going to be leaning heavily on Elijah Mitchell. He's definitely got that flex potential as where you are getting him off the waiver wires. You're not going to be swapping him in for one of your top backs. unless What's the highest you saw the free agent budget bid go up on Elijah Mitchell? I saw the whole budget on him? I didn't see anyone drop their entire budget, but numbers between my leagues were between 70 to 90 dollars depending because a lot of leagues have different free agent limits i have one waiver wire that's going to be going through tomorrow morning we have this weird thing that we put in last year as a result of covid where we actually pushed our waiver wire to go through not tuesday but um first thing thursday morning just in case anyone else kind of came up on the list and we that was a rule we kept this season which i was very happy about um But I'm also, I kind of don't like that because I keep going back and forth and adding an extra dollar to my bid every time I see other waiver wires go through. And I'm like, but I want him. And it's just like, you're limited on your cash. And it's just, ah. so I get it. So I understand 
spending that much money, especially depending on the type of league that you're in. I know that you and I are in a lot of similar leagues where we're in leagues with other analysts. So, you know, you just have to spend because the waiver wire is bleak at best in terms of actual talent. So if there is talent, you just have to spend and you can't overthink spending on something like that. You know, the free agent auction bid for, you know, speculative ads instead of the waiver wire system is the worst thing for somebody who has commitment issues because you can't commit to a number. It drives you nuts. You start overanalyzing it over and over and over again. And then you end up spending half your budget on somebody that you drop next week. Yeah. If, if my nickname was anything, it'd be commitment issues, but um, <laughs> anyways, let's, just quickly touch on another team and then we're going to move on to these win view questions for the Thursday night game, which I'm excited to go through these. Oh, yeah, it's a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah. I love, I love these kinds of bets. They're, they're so much fun. So I'm excited to go through these with our listeners and viewers. So guys keep tuning in for that, but really quickly, I feel like the Bengals versus Chicago this weekend. I feel like the Bengals are going to win this one handsomely because until the bears realize it's time to start Justin Fields. They're going to struggle. Playing devil's advocate. I don't want to go ahead and dump on Dalton. I mean, that's a pretty good defensive unit that he faced off against. Um, I didn't think the interception that he threw was necessarily his fault. But I just think that Justin Fields is going to give them a spark. I don't know what the hell Matt Nagy's doing. I think he's coaching for his job this year. Yet he's being stubborn as all hell, saying, I'm not starting Justin Fields until at least week four. What? Like, sure, that makes sense, sir. If you're playing, whatever, for your job. whatever, whatever happened to you just start the best player? Like, you, you, you start whoever gives you the best chance to win. You play to win the game. Thank you. I, yeah. I mean, thank you for quoting Herm, Coach Herm Edwards. Appreciate you're it. Welcome. But, what I'm getting at is there, there's some sort of weird thing going on with Matt Nagy and just deciding to go ahead and and piss away one game. If you're really stubborn as all hell and saying, I'm going to piss away another two games, then go ahead because Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals are no cakewalk anymore. Uh, huh. I thought Joe Burrow looked really, really good. He looked so much better. Coming off of that ACL injury that was mm -hmm. devastating, I was worried if he was even going to be ready for the year. But instead, your boy, what he does, goes ahead and drops 261 yards on the Minnesota Vikings in an overtime win. Like, and just and does one of these, just no big deal. Give him a hey. cigar, like after he won the national championship. Like Literally, I'm right I'm next to Jamar Chase, who also had a lovely stat line of five receptions, and he had seven targets for 101 yards and a touchdown. No drops. I mean – Zero about all that preseason drop banana stuff and Jamar Chase and this, that, and the Jamar Chase looked like Jamar Chase. He did. So, he looked like Jamar Chase. He looked fantastic. Go. If anything, if you're a T Higgins owner and a Tyler Boyd owner, you're probably just thinking, I just lost my number one. Mm. And you might've, but at the same time, I still think that with Burrow, what you get is volume and you're not going to be completely amiss if you have those other two receivers. I still think there's going to be volume for them. There's a lot of matchups coming up that they're going to be in shootouts. He's going to constantly be playing from behind. There's a lot to work out with the Bengals. They're not 
their their defense needs work as well. So I don't think that the, any I don't think any matchup for them is going to be a cakewalk. Is what I'm saying. No, and when it comes to the Chicago Bears, I mean, Matty Staff, you know, kind of picked them apart. Like, and yeah. there's only what a Cooper Cup touchdown reception where he was ten yards behind three defenders that all just stared at each other and went, "Oh, who's supposed to guard him?" Like, there's <laughs> clearly some issues on the back end, and I was worried about this because I kind of saw some symptoms and things that concerned me from that um, new defensive coordinator there in Chicago. And the Bears were having their starting defensive unit out and getting, you know, kind of worked by the opposing teams. Not only their starters, but even sometimes their backups. Like, mm -hmm. uh, remember Mitchell oh, Trubisky? God. Like, Trubisky looked really good against this Bears defense, and they were running a lot of their ones. So, yeah. I'm just I'm concerned that the Bears are not the team defensively that many thought that they at least could be. And then yeah. you you combo that with offensive line issues uh, up front and a team that is being stubborn about starting Andy Dalton when I think that they know that Justin Fields gives them the best chance to win. I just, I, I don't understand what message you're sending to your football team. Not a clear message, at least that's for sure. But there's plenty more to be excited about coming up in week two. Obviously, brighter days ahead. I feel like at this stage of the game, if you have someone that underperformed, it's just too early to ship them off to another team. Wait for week two. I would really not begin intense trades for me until week three. Three, really week four is when I start to dig in on big trades to make big moves. I just feel like there's too many other things, other factors that you need to wait on before you ship off any players that underperformed in week one. Yeah, don't panic on Mike Evans. Don't panic on Najee Harris. Don't panic on Julio Jones. Like, yeah, no panic. One week. Just one week. Just dust it off. Dust yourself off. There's plenty more football to be had. It's going to be okay. But I want to get us into these WinView games mm. as we go forward. We're going to be doing a lot of these guys. So please tune in for them. And I'm super excited that they are pairing, partnering up with us. It's just such an awesome opportunity. And we really appreciate them for it. So go ahead and go to winview.tv slash doc. And they will match up to $20 on your first deposit as you play these games. So That's let's your, go. You can actually play with some of these contests with us. So we'll go ahead and drop links in the description. And again, Sam wants to go ahead and try to prove that she knows more about football than I do. I do. So we're going to be playing against the, against each other in these contests. We want you to go ahead and join so you can join the fun. And then if you actually beat Sam, then you can go ahead and give Sam all kinds of grief. Don't do it to me though. Like, cause oh, then I'll just, you know, de deactivate my Twitter and I just got to go ahead and cry. I'm way more active on Twitter than you anyways. So even Whoa. if like you did terrible, no one's going to at you because you're not going to comment back to them. That, that just makes me sound Shots like fired. an inept Shots social fired. media influencer. That is not nice. So <laughs> speaking of not nice, we're not going to play nice. Let's go ahead and, and, and let this roll. Uh, right. Excited to kick this one off. for Let's winning do it. Games. All right, we're going to go ahead and start off with this one. We're going to start, we're going to go backwards here un, and unpack this game as we go forward. We're going to start with question 10. Will any player in this matchup, Washington versus the Giants, will any player record a rushing and receiving touchdown? Hell no. No, <laughs> absolutely not. And how it works with Winview Games, too, and you can't, we're not sharing our uh, the actual user interface, but you can actually how you rank and win games is by basically a confidence meter. Like you can go ahead and like wager 
certain amount of points uh, that you have for every single contest. So for me, there's like 250, 500, and 750 per each um, question. And mm-hmm. I would pay, I would say no to this, to this question. And I would put as much pointage as I could because I, even as much as I love Antonio Gibson and Saquon Barkley, neither of them are healthy at the current moment. Nope. So I don't see either player who I think are the best odds to get a rushing and receiving touchdown uh, happening in this game. I agree with that one. So let's go on to the next question here. Question nine. Will both teams combine for five sacks? You want to take this one first? I think I go. I will. Will both teams combine for five sacks? I mean, is it crazy to think that the Washington football team will get all five of those? Because I definitely think that they could. I don't know that the Giants defense is stout enough to go up against Heineke to do that. Question. Yes. No, I could see. Daniel Jones getting sacked five times. I would say yes for this one. It's a steep number. If it was four, it would be easier, but I'm going to go ahead and be bold and say five. Yeah, I'm definitely 1000% going to go ahead and say two. The Washington football team can do it alone. Mm -hmm. Daniel Jones likes to hold the football far too long. Way too long. Chase Young coming off of kind of a quiet debut in week Mm -hmm. number one against the Los Angeles Chargers. But make no mistake, this this young man's he's going to be a problem. Um, he's a beast, and I'm glad that I have him in my one IDP league. Just, I, just thank God. I'm having. <laughs> I have him in my IDP league too. It's a, it's a dynasty IDP league too. Love so that. It's even, even, oh yeah, I know. Um, but I'm just, I'm really excited about what this defensive unit's going to be able to do up front. I mean, the Giants also have a very good defensive unit too, and. Taylor Heineke, like as much as I've liked what I've seen from him in his limited starting action in the National Football League, he's still going to be going up against a pretty damn good defensive unit for the New York Giants featuring, you know, one of the better linebackers in the league in Blake Martinez. Absolutely. So that's an easy plus for both of us on that one. Let's go to the next one. Will either team record 275 plus yards of total offense? Either team, I will say yes. Uh, even though I don't think it's going to be a huge statistical game for either offense, I do think that both of these teams can be had through the air to a certain extent. I know they they both might have protection issues, but they both gave up some yards on the back end last week. Chargers able to find some success uh, with Keenan Allen doing his thing and Mike Williams doing his thing last week. Uh, And then you flip the coin, Teddy Bridgewater threw for 264 yards against the New York Giants. So both of these teams, you know, gave up some yards through the air. I mean, right around that 275 yard mark anyway. And they both have Antonio Gibson and hopefully Saquon Barkley plays tonight or uh, tomorrow night. Or, well, actually the episode's dropping later today. Anyway, point being (laughs) this game, it's very confusing. Um, but as far as when we record, when the episode drops, but Saquon Barkley, your, whoever's going to be taking, uh, carries for the giants. I think one of these two teams hit this over 275 yards. So my answer is yes. Uh, My answer is yes as well. I definitely agree. Sorry. That was long winded. That's okay. (laughs) Yeah, I talked myself Uh, into confusion. That's okay. I do want people to think that this is recorded live on Thursday and I'm drinking bourbon in the middle of the day. 
mm. because that's how I want to be viewed. I just like that's the life I want to live. That's how I want to be perceived. But let's go on to this next one and say, will four plus field goals be made in this game? I am actually going to say yes. Uh, and the reason being, I think both teams, although I think they have some talent, I, I don't know what to expect from their quarterback situations. Are they going to be able to execute inside the red zone with a banged up Saquon Barkley and a banged up Antonio Gibson? My answer is going to go ahead and lean towards no, but I do think that they're going to have some success moving the ball between the twenties, which should lead to a lower scoring field goal fest, so to say. So I I will say the four combined field goals. Yes. So you'll say yes on the four combined. Yep. And I'm going to lean towards the no on this um, just because I feel like this is going to be a very slow game. And I feel like they are just going to try and win it out right instead of and I feel like there's gonna be a lot of mistakes made um, throughout this game. So I don't think that they're going to have maybe they'll have the right number of attempts, but maybe there's going to be a couple misses in this one. So I'm going to go ahead and say no on that one. Okay. Let's go on to the next question and say, will either team force two turnovers in this game? Yes. Daniel Jones is a turnover machine. Turnover machine. Easy. Yes. For me as well. (laughs) Just let, yeah, that's easy. I mean, I put Daniel Jones on the graphic for a reason. So (laughs) yeah, he's going to, he's going to turn the ball over twice. Oh, poor guy. Sorry, dude. Definitely. Easily. Yeah. Sorry. I I definitely called him out there. My bad. (laughs) Way to put him on blast. As he listens to this episode, he's going to be like, damn it hate every time just ripping me apart why are you being such a jerk yeah anyway all right will mclaurin or galladay have a 30 plus yard reception this is a single reception over 30 yards yes I'm, i'm i'm interested to hear what your take is my thought is yes i one, I think t- Terry McLaurin is incredibly talented. Am I bummed that Fitzpatrick is hurt for an extended period of time? Yes. Obviously, if you listen to the show at all, you knew I was very high on the Washington football team going forward into this season as all um, Fitz magic. However, I do think that McLaurin is an incredibly talented player. At the very least, Heineke is going to let it let one just rip across the field and it's going to be for over 30 yards. So my answer is yes on this one. Yeah, and I'm even going to go ahead and say that Galladay has a chance to do so. Now, granted, I, I'm not saying or calling my shot here. If I, if I were to, if I were a betting man on who would be the one to actually register that 30-plus yard play, it would be Terry McLaurin. But mm-hmm. again, where I think the Washington football team can be had defensively is on the outside. Yep. So... For me, I, I think one of these two players pops a big play on the night. Yep, definitely agreed. All right, question four. Will Saquon and Gibson score at least one touchdown? So this is both running backs combined. Will they both at no, they least both, They both have to score at least one. So they both have to score at least one. I'm going to say no. I feel like Saquon might miss out on this one again just because that defense is so stout in Washington. It's stout. He's banged up and still work. I mean, he only had 11 touches, Sam. I mean, 11 number one. I mean, well, I don't think he's 100% healthy, which is. He's not, which is why I didn't take him in a lot of my leagues. Well, which is, I beg a better, a bigger question. Why is he active? If he's not 100%, then why why are you rolling out a guy who is clearly a generational talent when 100% 
let him let his body speak to him to me <laughs> let let he, him wake up in the morning and text whoever needs to text and say it's not today guys and everyone says not today we just move on and we just keep plowing through because the giants aren't they're not going to make a playoff berth let alone have a winning season if they don't have a 100% healthy Saquon Barkley agreed so or if he is 100%, right? And he's still, you know, he just had a bad week one. Yeah. Then what are you doing only giving him the ball 11 times? Then that that's, yeah. that's a dumbass thing to do too. <laughs> like, it, to make what, better decisions. But you're, it, it, talk about commitment issues. Apparently Joe Judge and the rest of his coaching staff have some similar issues to you when it comes to dating. So, um, hey, you know. I don't know if it's dating that you were referring to. That was really rude. I apologize. Point is, no. That's true, though. (laughs) (laughs) I might have been fine. Hey, you know what? I'm always right with my analysis. It's your obnoxious know-it-all host right here. Yeah, on the fantasy debate with Sam Tate. It's okay. Nailed it. Anyways, moving on to the next question. (laughs) Question three. Will Heineke throw for more yards than Daniel Jones? I'm going to quickly say yes. I I like his options better. but His options are much better. Yeah, I interrupted you. I I I got I got I got I got anxious. So (laughs) I'm just full of mistakes. I I am delirious at this point. I apologize. You're good. No, I I it's an equal yes from both of us on this question. Clearly, we have far more faith in the Washington football team's offensive weapons than we do in Daniel Jones' ability to get the ball into the hands of anyone on that football team. So yes, definitely in full agreement on that one. Second to last question here is the game decided by eight or fewer points. This is this one gave me some pause when I read it. I was like, I'm saying absolutely yes. I mean, yes. If, if I if I don't think that there's a clear cut winner, which I don't, no. I could see I could see a path to victory for both teams, and including yeah. the Giants. Even though I've been kind of giving Daniel Jones a hard time here, mistakes under- could be made. Absolutely, well, right? Special teams can do things. They can. And I'm also kind of taking a look at the secondary for the Washington football team. Do I think that Kenny Galladay, do I think that Sterling Shepard, who was fantastic, by the way, in week number one, mm-hmm. and also even the likes of like Darius Slayton, do I think these players could have big weeks against that secondary if they're able to hold up up front and allow Daniel Jones to push the ball down the football field? I do. I could see a path to victory there. Do I think it's going to happen? No, but – I could see it. I Yeah. It's in the I realm could, of possibility. I feel like the way you said I could see it is like when you got one of those weird, you know, those puzzles that you look at where it's like a big mishmash of colors and someone's supposed to squint and be like, oh, I see the boat, but you don't actually see the boat. That's kind of how I feel about this game. Yeah. And then you, you just try to walk away and change the subject before anybody actually, oh, well, why don't you go ahead and show me where the boat And No, 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 no. 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 I saw it. Like, I, I'm, I'm bored, though. Like, come on. <laughs> hopefully this game is fun but i i'm worried it's going to be a boring one um especially after last week's thursday night game which kind of set the bar pretty high but let's go ahead and wrap this up with the final question which is who wins this crazy game i'm going with the washington football team uh you know both of these teams took kind of tough luck losses in week number one um i thought the the los angeles chargers are a very good football team I think that they're actually going to make the playoffs. I'm, I'm pretty confident that Justin Herbert's going to take the next step. Uh, and I thought that the Washington football team responded well when they lost Ryan Fitzpatrick. They rallied yeah. around Taylor Heineke. So 
Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Even though the Giants are a team that I think can do a lot of nice things defensively, um, I just think that the the better team roster um, and who I thought looked a little bit better last week was was Washington. No, I, I definitely agree with that. And I'm going to also go with Washington in this one just to round it out. I have far more faith and confidence in their offensive weapons and clearly with the way that the team rallied around Taylor Anakin as well. And I just feel like that's going to be the win. I just have so many questions about Daniel Jones and his ability to just get things going and be succinct with his receivers. It's just the connections are not there consistently enough for me to have the confidence to say the Giants could win this football game. And I just have so much more faith in the Washington football team's defense to just absolutely put a hurt on Jones as well. So guys, don't forget to go ahead and go to winview.tv slash doc to get your $20 deposit match when you first make a deposit on Winview games. And hope you guys have a lot of fun doing these games with us. As Tate said, we will be putting links in the show notes as well. So you guys can compete with us in this one. So that'll be a lot of fun. So make sure you tune in for that one. And let's go ahead and wrap it up. Is there any other games that you're super excited about this weekend? I mean, just always my bucks seeing how they follow up. I mean, it feels like forever since they played. And I mean, it's only, it's been less than a week. I'm just, you only want a Super Bowl. It's not like you're going to be playing against the Falcons this week. And so it's going to be an easy win. Oh, wait, Mm. There are no easy wins in the National Football League. That's a lie. We're going to win. Go Bucks. <laughs> I'm not going to say it, but I am excited to see my Steelers take on the Las Vegas Raiders at home in Heinz Field. Let's go. And I can't wait to see Najee Harris take another bump up. I am not worried as a Najee Harris owner in multiple leagues. I feel like he is going to have a comeback because Steelers clearly want to feed him early and often and make sure that he is a threat. So guys, thank you so much for listening to the fantasy debate with Sam and Tate. Check out all the other content, seasonal and DFS tools, as well as premium access to our staff for all your fantasy sports questions in the members only discord right here at drota.com. Thank you so much for tuning in until next time later says the tater. Thanks for stopping by the office. Get your fantasy prescription by subscribing to the channel and checking out drrodo.com. And until the next visit, be well and take care.